0: Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. So, as requested by Randy like <laughs> two seasons ago, I am going to be covering a killer nurse case. Yay! <laughs> There's tons of them out there. Um, But this one interested me because it's actually the inspiration for a Broadway play that's really popular. And I just remember when I was in high school, my um, theater directors all had the like old posters for the old plays that the different classes put on. And um, this play, it had a really cool poster for it, and I just like very vividly remember it. Um and I was always curious about it and I had no idea that it was based on this true story about murder. Okay. So Pippin is not <laughs> trying to take a nap. Yeah, no, he's very rowdy right now. And for those oh. of you who haven't listened okay. to our second episode of the summer, um, Pippin is my cat. No, Pippin <laughs> <laughs> Okay, nothing extreme happened. It's fine. He's on the floor now wandering around. Okay. So, today, we're going to be talking about Amy Archer Gilligan, the killer nurse. Woo-woo! I know. Thrilling. <laughs> killer nurses. Yes. Okay. So, um, her... What's her, her name? Her family name. Her, her mom's her, name. Her birth surname? name. Surname? Surname. Thank you. Um, Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you call that? Her... Her... her. The name before her name that you <laughs> Maiden name. Maiden name. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. We're stupid.
0: Yeah. Um so her maiden name is Dungan. D-U-G-G-N. Um so Amy Dungan was born in eighteen sixty eight in Milton, Connecticut. She was the eighth child of 10, and she actually had two siblings that ended up in mental institutions when she was young. So one of her brothers ended up um, in a mental institution for exhibiting actual insanity. Of course, what was categorized as insanity in the 1860s, I'm not so sure if that was accurate or not. I'm pretty sure you would like end up in there if you were homosexual. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So I'm not sure how much I trust the the judgments of these people. Absolutely. And uh, one of her sisters actually ended up in the same mental institution because she um, um, was paralyzed. she gotten into an accident, and they ended up just, like, putting her into <laughs> this mental institution because she couldn't walk anymore. But, granted... That's a, literally a physical issue. Yeah, it's a physical <laughs> ailment, not a mental disorder. Uh, but, granted, these... Uh, her parents had 10 kids, so they needed to put her somewhere, and there wasn't any place that would be a good place, like a home or anything mm-hmm. like that, for... Their daughter to go to in order to like live out her life and um, be taken care of properly. Of course, the pa- like the paralegals of society were not necessarily taken care of at all. So mental institution, obviously, the best option at this point. The paralegals, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Can we start over? No, I <laughs> that it's <was> so funny. <laughs> Please keep it in. No, we're not starting over. The paralegals of uh, society. <laughs> Ones that took care of lawyers, they had to go to mental <laughs> mental institutions. See, okay. <laughs> the reason that's in my mind is because I have to schedule a, yeah, a meeting know. with a paralegal that I know, and that's why. That was okay, just
1: funny. Because it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Should I play like I know what she's talking about? Because I'm confused. <laughs> maybe yeah. I just don't know it's what's like, going on. Maybe
0: I'm just not aware. <laughs> but, that's, that's, but, but then I remembered. No. That was probably just in your mind. Um, Yes, exactly. So uh, people who had um, paralysis, um, (laughs) they weren't taken care of in society. So there you go. Okay, So, so she had these two people. She already was exposed to mental institutions. She saw how they were being taken care of. You know, kind of not great. Um, And in 1897, Amy married James Archer. And in 1901, um, they had moved with their daughter to uh, Newington, Connecticut. So they did this because they were taking care of an elderly gentleman named John Seymour. And um, I'm not really sure how their relationship sort of formed necessarily. There wasn't anything that I found that said, oh, they knew him from wherever. But basically... The family wasn't able to take care of him, so um, John and James and Amy uh, basically moved in and took care of John in his ailing age because he was an elderly gentleman. And um, when John Seymour died, the family actually allowed the archers to rent out his house, and so they were able to stay in that house for a little bit. And during that time, they decided to open um, a... Sort of like elderly home, which they called Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly. Now, something interesting that we should note is that there is no documentation whatsoever that says that Amy had a nursing license. So, oh, that's yeah. nice. So that's great, and that basically just shows like how much <laughs> this was a new thing. Like <laughs> people weren't monitoring um, the elderly most of the time. Um, families would take care of. The older members of their families, and so opening a home for people to literally like drop off their elderly while they went off and like lived their life, and they paid a fee for them to stay there. That wasn't something that happened very often, so people weren't checking up to see if. um, Sorry, he's playing with my shoes. They weren't checking in to see if like Amy was a legit nurse or not. She said that she had a nursing license um, from the city of Connecticut, but. I'm not really sure if that's 100% (laughs) true. The job she had before she started taking care of John Seymour was a bookkeeper. So, I'm a nurse and I have a nursing license. And I've never worked in a hospital ever. (laughs) Okay, you're hired. Exactly. Um, In 1907, however, the Seymour family decided to move and sell the property that they were renting out to the Archers. So uh, the family actually had to leave. They had a little bit in savings, so they were able to buy a house in a neighboring county in Windsor, Connecticut. And then they officially opened what would be called the Archer Home for the Elderly People and Chronic Invalids on Prospect Street. So this would be their official residence for the entirety of their Nursing practice. (laughs) Um, So residents of this new house could either pay fees of $7 to $25 per week or a flat fee of $1,000 to be taken care of for the rest of their life. They were also encouraged to make Amy a beneficiary of their estates so that she could manage their finances more easily after they passed. Obviously, that's a little sketchy. Amy, Stop it. It's like, okay, girl, whatever you say. <laughs> but, I mean, these poor people, The I mean, like, obviously, dementia and Alzheimer's weren't something that people were looking out for in the early 1900s. So, these elderly folks weren't sure of what was really going on 100% of the time. So, they were completely taking advantage of these people, which really sucks. Um, so, the reason why Amy wasn't necessarily pinned down as like a bad person was because she attended church and donated to local charities um very generous donations to the catholic church and it was kind of odd because and i'll post a picture of the actual house where um all of these people lived but it's not very big they didn't have a ton of residents at once and um It's just odd that she would have so much money to donate to Catholic charities because it's not like they were making a ton of money all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a significant thing. It's not like they had like hundreds of people inside this facility and they were making seven dollars a week on each of them. It was a little bit. Less than that. Right. She, so, she was just collecting their money when they, yeah, di- their, yeah, they exactly. died. Yeah, exactly. And if she was made a beneficiary on their estates and on their wills, then she would have complete control of their money.
1: Um, She's the OG forensic files, collect the money <laughs> yes, after they die.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So she was really thought of as a pillar of the Windsor community. Um, and nobody really... Gave notice to her They just were like Wow look at this amazing New organization That nobody's ever Heard of before And this wonderful woman Is taking care of All of our elderly Like how bad Could she be Yeah exactly She's It's almost like And the elderly Have always been a, A quote unquote Burden on society um, and I this is gonna sound so uppity but I read an article from the New Yorker magazine and it was about um, how the elderly lose their rights as they grow older which is so yeah. true I mean ageism yeah exactly it's just what happens and we also like remove their ability to drive which is a safety factor but at the same time and then some of them can't vote anymore because they can't get out to the polls and or they have to be like removed and then their ballots can't be sent to their new addresses there's a lot of different things that happen with the elderly and they're taking, an, taking advantage of, even today, especially with like scammers on the internet and um, people like that. I always hear stories about older people giving their money away to fake organizations mm-hmm. or people who are just asking them for money and they right. don't know that it's a fake donation or something like that. So there's just a lot of issues. And so Amy really like offered a a good alternative for families who couldn't take care of their elderly or didn't have the time to do it. Um, so this was just like, she really was like a pillar of the society. So nobody saw anything wrong with that and it was new. So, um, you know, okay. Uh, so yeah, like I said, this idea was like relatively new, um, and in the 1910s, it's also important to realize that the younger generations were moving out of the country and back into big corporate cities, because this is when Wall Street is going to hit a really big boom. World War One is going to start, um, in 1917, um, and yeah, 1917, and, um, we'll, we'll only be involved for a year, but we sold- Is that Pip? Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear him? I was yelling? like, what is that? Hey! What are you doing? Oh, you want to come up here? <laughs> when nobody pays attention to him, he makes really oh loud God. sounds. I feel that. Can you put his foot back through his collar? <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you silly boy. He's too small for his collar he right his now. put his arm through <laughs> his collar. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we have this big economic boom. Everybody wants to move to New York and Chicago to deal with Wall Street. And people just didn't want to take care of their elderly anymore. They were like, right. I don't want to do this. I'm young. I'm I wanna go make money. And I don't blame them for that necessarily, but they didn't have anywhere to put them. So this was a good drop off spot. Right. Like, okay, you want a thousand dollars into like for the end of their life until they die? Great, that's fine. And people would just leave. Their members of members of their family here, and literally like not do anything with them ever again. They would pay the thousand bucks. They would lose all communication. They just leave them there to die, um, which is Rude. really tragic. It is. It is. But it was the perfect opportunity for Amy. Yes. To roll murder. out for some murder because like they just got no one's going to notice exactly or care apparently. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So um, Can you hear him purring. Yeah. Wait. I don't know if you can hear it on the thing, but <laughs> he he sounds, he's Aww. a very loud purr. He has bees <laughs> in his belly. Yeah, he's pretty cute. Oh, that's <laughs> really cute. I like that. Okay. Um, so the first spot of trouble for the Archer family came in 1909 when uh, a member of the McClintock family of West Hartford sued the archer about the lack of care given to an elderly family member. So in mm. addition to elderly that were just dropped off, they had these weekly fees for people who were like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Can you, like, can you take care of my yeah. grandfather So for... some people yeah. cared. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... They sued them for the lack of care given to their family member, and the case was settled out of court, and the archers paid $5,000 to the McClintocks. And just for reference, that's equivalent to $133,000 in today's, uh, you know, very inflated economy. So in addition, another resident also complained about his living conditions, um, but as a way to avoid any sort of lawsuits for this particular person. And this was just a resident who was living there. His family members weren't, or his or her, I'm not really sure um, if it was a male or female, but... um their family members weren't around to help with the lawsuit, so she enrolled this person in an insane asylum before his, their complaints could get out to the public.
1: Okay. So
0: um, that was another way to get rid of people. It's like, okay, insane asylum. And the asylum systems were really bad at this point. If you guys want to talk about the institutions, federally funded institutions, then you should listen to our Dozier School of Boys episode. That one is also about a federally funded institution for children, which is really terrible. So, yeah, not good. Not great. Um, So, suspiciously, in 1910, James <laughs> Archer died. leaving mm, Interesting, right? I wonder how that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> leaving Amy alone with her daughter, Mary, and this house. So James died only a week after Amy took out a life insurance policy on him. Oh, my gosh. Could you be more
1: predictable?
0: I know. <laughs> his death was attributed to Bright's disease, which at the time was sort of like a catch-all term for a kidney condition. So um, we talked about Bright's disease in the Jack the Ripper episode. It's where your kidneys like are a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually probably didn't have Bright's disease because never in his life... Had he ever been diagnosed with this. And Bright's disease has several different um, symptoms that you would be able to notice throughout your lifetime. You have it for your lifetime. So it's not something that you just manifest in -hmm. your, you know, in your later years. It's not something that happens. Um, So he dies. And... Amy would weasel her way out of several financial issues after his death um, by using his death as a way to get out of paying taxes. And she would say, oh, "Oh, my husband's dead. I'm a poor widow and I have to take care of all these members of our society that are being neglected by everyone else. And I'm the only person doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But while she was getting out of all of this tax stuff, which is basically fraud, she was paying like immense amount of money for her daughter to go to a private music school because she was very musically gifted and in addition she was paying for a very expensive piano teacher to teach Mm. her daughter piano lessons so obviously this tax fraud was for personal reasons and simply to have some more money of course so whatever Um, And then three years later, in 1913, Amy remarried a wealthy widower named Michael Gilligan. She actually lied about her age on her marriage license, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, so she did that. And they were only married for three months when in February of 1914, Michael died under strange circumstances. Wow. People are Mm. dropping like flies around this lady. Yes, it's interesting. Um, what was also strange is that Michael had drawn up a new will, giving Amy complete control of his estate. His family was ex- extremely suspicious about this because he actually had four sons from a previous marriage and none of them were beneficiaries of his estate when he died, which was odd because they're his children. And yet all of his money is going to his wife, who he's only been married to for three months Um So that's a little suspicious, and his family would actually be extremely correct in their suspicions because after all of the murder and mayhem came out and there was the trial, it was discovered that this new will had actually been forged by Amy. I
1: feel like that's not very hard to do. No, it's not. Because you don't have to actually file a will with anyone or have it notarized. You mm -mm. just have to sign something. So, like if
0: they find a will Mm -hmm. in your house, yeah, and you just present it, then that's that's the will. Mm -hmm. Which I've always found to be extremely odd. Like it just seems so unofficial. But anyway. So, mortality rates also increased dramatically among the residents of the nursing home after James died. So, in 1910, when her first husband passed away, while only 12 people died from 1907 to 1910, 48 Recorded deaths happened between 1911 and 1916, and there were a few deaths of some more notable people that would ultimately break down the system that Amy had set up within her creepy murder nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> So, one of these people was Franklin R. Andrews. He was a healthy 61 year old man. And, like, literally the day before he died, residents saw him out in the garden enjoying his day, not doing anything much, you know, just planting stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So, he was doing fine. But Andrew's death, which happened the day after, was attributed to a gastric ulcer. But gastric ulcers—if anybody knows about ulcers—they develop over time, and you are in extreme pain because they're on the inside of your body, and you have to have—you're um, sort of like incapacitated by them. So he absolutely would not have been able to go, be out in the garden, like planting stuff. I feel like her lies are not very clever. Oh, they're not. Absolutely not. Well, how, how about heart attack? Yeah, or That's something. A pretty simple. Yeah, they're older. Stroke. But at the same time, he fell. yeah. Gardening. He fell gardening. He broke his leg. Something. Oh, then he'd have to break his leg. I mean,
1: I feel like that'd be easier than having to get away with a stupid <laughs> oh, yeah. lie. being
0: I mean, like, oh, a gastric ulcer. Oh, you can't find a gastric ulcer? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then run away. Um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously, um, the interesting thing is that Andrew's siblings were the ones who were suspicious because he was extremely healthy. Like, he didn't do it. He was a very active guy. He wasn't um, eating a ton, like he was just normal, isn't he sweet? I can't. Sorry, I like he. So my cat is just laying on Randy, like just like full on, Aww. just spread. Yeah, he's pretty cute. Anyway, um, so in addition to this, when the family came to claim all of Andrew's um or Franklin's items, they saw in some of his letters that Amy had been pressuring him for money, um. And it was later found out that many of the other nursing home's dead residents had passed away after donating a large sum to Amy's organization. Um, Nellie Pierce, a sister of Franklin Andrews, shared her suspicions with the local district attorney. Unfortunately, they ignored her. Um, and then she decided to take it to the press, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, because Convict then,
1: them in the yeah, media. Exactly.
0: You get mass hysteria. That's pretty it's great. so much fun. So then you she, have the press on your side so no one exactly, can murder you. Exactly. <laughs> so she went to the newspaper called the Hartford Courant and the. way, way, wait, wait. This
1: isn't another story. This exact newspaper, right? Yes. This was in Suzanne Jovin's. Oh, Suzanne Joven. OK. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because she was. I remember in because I
1: was I thought that you were abbreviating Chronicle.
0: No. Oh, do you remember yeah, that? Yes, I, I was do Like why are on. you being so like, like what are, are you trying to start a new trend? Like <laughs> like yeah, the Quran. No, that's that's what its name is. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, yeah, this particular cool. newspaper has been around for a really long time. Um it's associated with Yale yale yeah <laughs> yeah
1: stanford's in california
0: <laughs> yeah whatever i don't go to either so it's fine okay so the courant connected with their obituary writer for windsor county which i thought was actually really really clever um and this writer uh carlin gosley um and gosley was actually noted being concerned about the deaths that were happening in this house previously and now he has the hartford courant coming at him and being like hey have you noticed anything strange about the deaths of some of the elderly residents at this nursing home? It's like, actually, yes, I have. Thank you for pointing that out. And um, oh, sorry, <laughs> bumped it. Um, so Gosley even went as far to check local drugstores to see the poison registers, which all drugstores are required to keep. So if you buy something at a drugstore that is considered to be poisonous, they have you have to be put down in this record of saying that you've purchased it. <laughs> Which is just another reason why Amy is so stupid. Because it turns out that Amy had been purchasing an alarming amount of arsenic. From in the just same the f- place? Yes. Some men just can't hold down their They're arsenic. arsenic. <laughs> some, you know, some men just can't. Yeah. Chicago. If anybody's seen that musical, um, so she would tell the clerks at this particular store that she was killing bedbugs, that she was dealing with a mice infestation what? with arsenic. Yes. Okay. But arsenic is like I mean it's a poison, and so it would effectively kill off all of those things. Yeah, but that's such an but extreme yeah thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Get some mouse traps. I know, right? You so psychopath. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And drugstores. I mean, like, drugstores at this point were selling cocaine to people for headaches and stuff. So, there's a lot of extreme <laughs> things that people used to do back then. What, what would not that great.
1: do to a headache?
0: I don't even know. That's not even. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, sorry, s- slight history lesson. Um, Teddy Roosevelt was the president um, who founded the Food and Drug Administration, and his reforms were coming at just about this time. So um, in 1906, 1907. Crazy. But you could still actively buy just, like, ounces of arsenic in drugstores. That's so bizarre. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's odd to think about now because we obviously don't have just, like, free access to these things <laughs> because they're poisonous and they can literally kill you. At least there's a list, I mean. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And um, another interesting fact, they used to mix cyanide in with, um, like, food, not food dye, but, like, paint So that you could have green wallpaper in your house. Isn't that so weird? What? Yes. So, like, oh my God, what if like a child like licked the wall or something? Well, it's funny you say that because Victorian children were dying because people had this wallpaper in their house because it was trendy to have green wallpaper. So they would get the wallpaper. And that's all they could think of to make the color? Yeah. (laughs) That's it. And they didn't realize... It was either cyanide or arsenic. I don't remember. It might be arsenic because arsenic is green. But, um, yeah, they would mix it in with the coloring for the wallpaper. And then children would literally die because people were putting the wallpaper Uh, up in, like, children's playrooms and in their living rooms and stuff. That that? is so weird. Yeah. I don't want to live back then. That's all I have to say. That's so funny. Yeah. So they have these records of her buying all of this stuff. And um, prompted by all of these concerns and complaints, the Hartford Courant editor, Clifford Sherman, opened an investigation. And reporters reviewed years of Windsor death certificates, comparing death certificates of Archer Home residents and those residents of the Jefferson Street Home for the Elderly in Hartford, which is another um, home which was dealing with um, the elderly Uh, In this community. And there was a significant amount of dead people in the Archer home and not in the Jefferson Street home. So obviously something was a little bit suspicious because you would think that two elderly like people like homes for elderly people would have similar death rates. But there were a lot more in the Archer home. And I thought that was actually a really intelligent thing to do, is to compare the two, because they had the same amount of residents. They were dealing with the same people in this community. And they should yet, have the same yeah, exactly. Rates, Yeah, exactly. If not, like, a very slight difference between the yeah, two. Margin of error. hmm Exactly. Um, it turns out that when Amy was under financial duress, more residents would die. In addition, it was discovered that right before Michael's death, which was um, her second husband... Uh, Amy had purchased 10 ounces of arsenic, which is enough poison to kill 100 people. Who is giving her this? <laughs> these clerks. These, oh, my God. If I was working in this drugstore and I saw this woman walk in like three weeks later after she'd purchased an ounce of arsenic, which is like, again, enough Poison to kill one hundred people. She walks up and is like, "I need more arsenic." Like literally, oh why? God. I have a rat infestation in my it's house. Like, how many rats do you have? <laughs> like, Lady. oh my god! Close the doors, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, get a cat. <laughs> oh, Pip is too precious. I know. To he would never rat. kill a rat. No, he's too pure. Exactly. Um, there was also a pattern emerging about the causes of death at the Archer home. It was like stomach pathologies, sudden deaths, very random things, just stuff that like could be associated with old age. But like we had mentioned, the gastric ulcer, that's an odd way to die, especially with someone who was active and he was only 61 years old. And um, it's just not great. Um, so, it didn't take a great leap of the imagination to get to poisoning as the reason for all of this
1: happening. Question.
0: Yes. Were they just accepting these causes of deaths
1: from Amy? Yes. And they did, didn't do any sort of autopsies or anything?
0: Right. So, that was the thing. So, Franklin, we obviously have his family inquiring about it, but these other people, like the families didn't care. That was the other thing. That's She was, like, taking advantage of the situation because the families literally just left these people there. And so when she would say, oh, I'm so sorry, your grandfather died of whatever, they'd be like, okay, great. And then she would she would be in charge of the funeral. What is she doing funeral. with her? Oh, okay. She, yeah, so she would be in charge of the funeral costs, and she would usually send the bodies to be embalmed immediately and then buried immediately. And um, I'm not sure. I didn't see anything about... Um, uh, cremation But the Catholic Church did have an issue With cremation for a really long time And she was a member of the Catholic Church So I don't know if there was like any apprehension there necessarily Why? Um, so there is this teaching in the Catholic Church Back um, Oh god, I don't even know when they changed Their policy on this, but it used to be that you couldn't Burn a body because it was The host of your soul So it's like your body is a temple Have you heard of that before? Yeah, Yeah, so it was because of that they were like, okay, well, you can't damage the body in any way after death. You have to properly bury it and stuff like that. But that that policy has changed. Like, that teaching has changed. Um, what is embalming? Embalming is basically, like, where you put pump liquids throughout the body to preserve it for a funeral so that, like, viewings can happen oh, and stuff. Yeah. Gross. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's what funeral homes do, like a morgue and... Um, Creepy. Yeah. That sounds like a gross job. Oh, God. I would never do that job. I would never (laughs) do that job. People, like, really want to do that job, though. There's, like, this morbid fantasy about, like, oh, I want to be a funeral director and, like, embalm bodies and dress people up for burial and stuff like that. Yeah, like, you put makeup on corpses. I do know that, but... Yeah, you embalm I mean, them. I guess someone's got to do it. Yeah, you know, like well, that's kudos a noble to you job. If you're, if you're making money and you're doing the thing <laughs> and you like it, whatever, you can do whatever you want. So that's kind of how that situation was dealt with. She'd do it very quickly. Again, a lot of the families didn't care about these family members, they just left them there to die, literally. And so, like, when they did die, they're like, okay, great, thank you. And then the funeral service would happen and they'd be buried. They're probably like relieved that their mm-hmm. family members they didn't want to take care of were dying. Absolutely. And then they wouldn't have to pay for all of these yeah. costs of them staying in this funeral home anymore. And then in addition to that, like some of the families the the family members weren't super rich and so they'd just take the money like Amy would just take the money from the elderly family and it wouldn't necessarily affect any of the other family members cuz they had mm. disconnected themselves. I don't know. Or the donations would be made pre their deaths, so that like a donation to the charity or something like that. So it was less suspicious, but still kind of suspicious. So in addition to this investigation being opened up by the Courant um, and the insinuation of poisoning happening here um, on this Uh, In the facility, Um, a female private investigator named Zola Bennett was hired by the by the Connecticut State Police to go undercover in the house as a resident, gathering evidence of the living conditions inside and the swindling of the residents, et cetera. So, of course, she found evidence of manipulation of the elderly people in the, people in the home. She found no traces of these bedbugs and mice infestations that had been insinuated by Amy to go get the arsenic. Um, and, of course, the living conditions weren't super great because the whole perception was like, oh, we're just going to kill them off. Yeah. So we don't need to, like, keep house, I guess. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the evidence was enough for a state police investigation, and the bodies of several former residents of the Archer home were exhumed and examined. Um, it was later testified that Franklin Andrews' stomach, the guy who was the 61-year-old mm-hmm. uh, gardener, gardener yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, his stomach contained enough arsenic to kill half a dozen strong men. So, she was going overboard Dang. on the amount of arsenic poisoning, so much so that it remained inside of their corpses, after death, like you could just, yeah. Um, And then on May 8th, 1916, Amy Archer Gilligan was arrested and charged with the murder of Franklin Andrews and only seven other residents at the home mm-hmm. because all of the other people didn't want to press charges. Like nobody had come forward for this. And it was just these families that were like, what happened to our family members? I'm confused.
1: Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, it doesn't suck. It doesn't. It shouldn't matter what the families think. It's your job to investigate to investigate crimes and prosecute them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm not really sure what necessarily happened to all of the bodies of her victims because I was looking at a list of all of the known victims and there's like 15 unnamed victims in 1912, you know, like 17 unnamed victims in 1915. Um, so it's really unfortunate, but we don't have a lot of information about most of the people who died there Mm. because they're sort of like they were burdens of society and nobody really cared anymore. And that also made like being old is something that people are terrified of. And this is like the start of it. It's like my family will abandon me. Nobody cares about me anymore, Mm -hmm. etc. So, the trial began in June of 1917, and the case headlined in newspapers literally all over the country, and uh, the headlines called this house uh, the murder factory. So, oh, that was the common clever. colloquial term for this. Um, and then four weeks later, so the trial obviously didn't last very long. I mean, the evidence is piling up against Amy. So, Amy Archie Gilligan was convicted and sentenced to hang. Oh. stress. Um she and her lawyers That's unnecessary. I know. Well yeah, I agree. In all phases, um, but I don't like the death penalty if you we they already know this. Okay. So she and her lawyers appealed the conviction and it was overturned. The second trial began in June what? of nineteen nineteen. I don't know. It just said that it was overturned. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because, I don't know. Um, So, the second trial began in June of 1919, and she pleaded insanity and was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. I like that better. Yeah, that was overturned. She um, is insane. Yeah, absolutely. So, the conviction was overturned, and she got life imprisonment. And in 1924, she was actually transferred to the Connecticut General Hospital for the insane in Middletown, and there she remained until her death in 1960. Too ironic, (laughs) isn't it? We started with the insane asylums. We end with the insane asylums. But honestly, she probably needed that. Probably. I mean, I don't know how much exposure she had to her older brother, but she grew up in this environment. And I mean, if she her family has a history of mental health disorders, I don't know. They seem legit now, like because I know we talked at the beginning about how like people who were homosexual were locked up in insane asylums but it seems like in this instance there may have been a touch of mental health issues in the family I would agree yeah but ultimately (laughs) her motivation would be money yeah Um, and she would yeah you know and I mean, she, I mean, like she would purchase life insurance policies for all of her victims, and then convince them to include her in their will. And well, it's like if you're gonna murder, and it's like not yeah. too hard to get money out of it. Why not? Yeah, like, right. I don't exactly. know. I feel like
1: she's still like a murderer at the mm-hmm. center of it all. And we yes. like, even though she had this financial motivation, she's still a killer. She's, yeah, and she wasn't even. It's not like she got a lot of money, and then left and did something with it. She no. continued. To, to murder do this her money. For years years. I feel like it was years. just like an added benefit to her. Exactly.
0: Yeah, well, she was, you know, she was trying to monotonize everything. I mean, she, I mean, I can only imagine how much money her family had with like 10 kids in the family and all of that stuff. So she probably didn't have a lot of money growing up. And there's all the jealousy that laced into it. And then Connecticut was starting to, was starting to sort of boom in terms of the economy. Um, And so she didn't have a lot of access to that. So... It's just a lot of, like, jealousy and rage kind of, like, building up and then exploding. Um, Mm, That's sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, So uh, after she had been sort of, like, implanted into these people's wills and making sure that the life insurance policies had been purchased, um, she would lace their meals with arsenic and would uh, count on their deaths being attributed to old age and illness, which that's not a huge... Like, I feel like that's kind of rational for people to just be like, oh, he was old. Mm hmm. Just makes sense. Um, in many cases, the victims themselves were sent to errands to the drugstore and actually buy the poison. <gasps> oh. So, yeah, that's yeah, that like... shows me some weird other motivations that yeah, she has. Exactly. It's like, that is Ugh. okay, that's just creepy. Yeah. Um, And then the victims were examined post-mortem by a Dr. Howard King, who was the Windsor's only medical examiner, and he was also employed by Amy. Um, as the elderly house's residential physician. So I'm almost certain that he was in on it. Yeah. I almost want to say that because if they exhumed all of these bodies and then they came up and they're like, there's enough arsenic inside of this dead person's body to still kill like 12 other people, you would notice that. Yeah. Like poisoning is pretty obvious, it, it, you would just know I would that. say he's in on it. Yeah, I agree. And then in addition to that, Amy would always send flowers to the families and like always express her condolences. Be very sweet. And some of the families would just say, "Oh, she was so good to my grandfather. That's why she she's included on the will now."
1: It almost seems like all this money she's making would it's like going back into her operation because she has yes. to buy, she has to pay for the funeral. Mm-hmm. she has to buy all this
0: arsenic, right? She has to flowers. employ this physician. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost like she's just doing it,
1: to ha- like because she thinks it's fun.
0: Exactly. I mean, there has to be some sort of like cutoff point where you're like, well, how much money are you yeah. actually making? Is she from even these making people? a lot? Yeah, I don't even know. Funerals are expensive. Yes, exactly. And she would take care of the funeral costs. Yeah. And. This is another, that's a good point because she would start to kill off healthier people with more wealthier families. And those I mean, you were have the people. To, I would assume. Yeah. And those were the people that, you know, their families would notice that they were dying or like something odd was happening, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. So, Amy is defined as an angel of death serial killer. And this is a particular type of serial killer. If you look up killer nurse, there are like hundreds, That's a lot of, of them. them that pop up. And one of the most recent Angel of Death serial killers is um Niles Hogel, who was a German nurse, who was literally convicted on June sixth, which is yesterday, yeah, um, and he was convicted for murdering over three hundred patients. But like Hogel is a little bit different from Amy because he was accused of administering drug overdoses that caused cardiac arrests so that he could try and heroically revive the patient. Yeah, he, like, had a thrill from resuscitating them. Yes, and this is disgusting, Ew. but his <laughs> colleagues called him Recitation Rambo So because he would save the victims because he was That's the one that was killing of like, them. That's some like, similar to, like, a Munchausen's where yes. it's, like, you do it to get the sympathy. Exactly. So it's just really bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and he was only um, arrested. Well, he was only convicted of 85 of the murders, mm-hmm. but he is suspected of having killed at least 300 people. And, I think he was only um, charged with 100, though. Yeah, well, um, he was charged with the 85 murders and he serves 15 years for each murder. No, he was charged with 100 and they were, yeah, and they had a trial because I was just, it
1: was so funny I walk into the recording room and like, are you doing a nurse? Because if you (laughs) are, there's an article you need to like include and she's like, oh my god, I already know what it is. But the article said that I read at least, said he was charged with 100, Mm -hmm. he was only convicted of 85 85. Mm -hmm. and he admitted to, I want to say it was like 47 Mm -hmm. but he didn't remember the rest of them. Yeah, Like he was like, yeah, I I admit to 47, forty-seven or whatever, but I don't remember the rest.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's so really weird, ter- terrible. Um, oh, the defense fifty-five. They argued that fifty-five cases could be proved. Oh, okay. And then the additional thirty-one are the ones he was like, I don't remember. That's so weird. Like, yeah, it's how do you so not bad.
1: remember murdering someone? <laughs> do not know. I that don't know. That is so shocking.
0: Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. He only got like 15 years for each murder, mm-hmm. but that amounts to like over a thousand years yeah. in prison. Yeah, and I read that it was going to be conserved um,
1: consecutively. So. Yes,
0: exactly. So it, it doesn't matter. He's in prison for the rest of his life, but he had a similar Angel of Death style, just yeah. to relate it back to the fact that this is still happening in the world. Like, people like, are still getting away about it. That's so yes, weird. isn't that odd? Did you write this script before that? No. Okay. <laughs> I wrote this This morning? This morning? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, well, I um, read the article yesterday about the German nurse, and I was like, oh, my God, I can include this in my script. And so I just, like, added it in as I was going along.
1: There was, like, one really – sorry. No, you're To cut you off. There was one really interesting thing, though, in the article that I read Mm -hmm. that I did not know is they don't do plea bargaining in Germany. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. I just mm. thought that was weird. Yeah, that is kind I mean, of weird. I mean, I'm kind of opposed to plea bargaining in some situations. So yeah, because I, I feel mean, like I it pressures it. people to take guilty pleas so that they don't have to face really harsh, harsh punishment when so they're actually innocent. Not guilty. and so yeah. it causes a lot of wrongful convictions. But and then you can't go back because then you Mm-mm. give up your right because you plead guilty. So yeah, exactly. It's problematic then. So I don't know if I'm like opposed to that, but I think that's so interesting. Like they must yeah. have lower crime rates because plea bargaining is a tool to not you know of of efficiency exactly it's just like make things
0: go yeah. a little bit quicker they're like okay you're gonna face the death penalty if you do this so if you plead guilty etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so i wonder if they have just like oh my god do you see his arm
1: yes it's like yes. hugging me mm-hmm. um i wonder if they just have a lot lower crime rates or something
0: they must Maybe. yeah um, or just sure. like a really busy criminal justice system probably i don't know but there you go germany um <laughs> So yeah, I but Amy was a little bit different in the fact that she like didn't want to save anybody. And I'm right, yeah. yeah I'm like it's not, almost weirder. Yeah. But I'm not really sure which one is worse necessarily. Yeah. Like what would you which one is worse to you? Is it like the oh. angel of mercy complex where it's like I'm going to kill you and then take your money for myself. This is a mercy killing. You're not going to use it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or is it angel of death complex where it's like I'm going to save you from death? Mm-hmm. And I have the complete oh. control over whether or not And
1: I feel you like die. I've
0: heard of that same
1: kind of... I want the glory of rec- recitation. Yeah. I've heard that in another case, too, like another yeah. older one. I feel like that's kind of a common thing. But mm-hmm. I almost feel like that's worse because I can conceptualize Amy wanting to make money off of people. Yes, that exactly. Makes, I some see sort her of motivation. Motive.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. It's easy to conceptualize. Yeah. So maybe the other one. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm kind of torn on it because I think they're both pretty horrible because I don't think money is a good enough reason to kill anyone, really. But But that's just my own personal perception of money. But it's a motivation at least. Yes, exactly. So that's, I agree with you on that. At least it has like some sort of like path that I could follow in terms of reasoning and logic. Whereas the angel of mercy sort of doesn't really, or angel of death complex doesn't Uh really, like, what do you get out of it? I mean, you don't get a ton of glory out of like resuscitating a hundred people. You're a nurse. That's your job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like do. people, like doctors, I wonder what resuscitate was... and save people. Mm-hmm. So All the time. To, yeah, so to first responders, I mean that's literally what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, I hmm. mean, I mean, obviously he did get quite a bit of, pra-
1: of praise because mm-hmm. he has this nickname, but it's still. You're not getting anything tangible out of it, really. No. But at the same time, there's tons of killers who are motivated by like sexual preferences or things like mm-hmm. that. Just like a narcissistic yeah, tendency. Yeah, that they don't really get anything tangible out of either, Mm-mm. other than the like the sexual gratification. Experience. But yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's just it's so hard. It's just so
1: weird because we wouldn't it, I feel like it's hard to judge people with mental health issues, but
0: Yeah. And it's harder to, for me to judge yeah. than it's for me to conceptualize the narcissistic stuff. Yeah. Because I don't have that level of narcissism where I'm like I have to be praised all yeah, the time. Yeah, I could constantly. conceptualize
1: wanting money. That yes, makes sense. Money to me. does
0: make more sense. I mean, I wouldn't um, kill
1: people for it, but it makes no. sense. People do mm-hmm. crazy
0: things for money all the time. All the time. So yeah. I mean, like, millions and millions of people's of people have died throughout the centuries for money. So, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so those are the two types that I came across when I was looking at this sort of, like, quote-unquote angel of death sort of serial killer. What made you pick this one out of
1: all of the murdery nurses? (laughs) Yeah,
0: so the reason that I picked this one was specifically for the Broadway connection. Oh, yes, you said (laughs) that at the beginning. What
1: Broadway play?
0: So this Broadway play was picked up by a man named John Kesselring. He's a Broadway playwright, and the play is called Arsenic Arsenic and Old Lace. I've never heard of that. Yeah, so um, the play... Was opened on Broadway in 1941, and then it was actually turned into a Hollywood film starring Cary Grant. What's it called? The same thing? Yeah. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the only reason that I know about it is because of that poster. Oh, yeah. That was inside my theater classroom for years. Oh my gosh, and that's like, so funny. What is that play? That's so interesting. And so I looked it up and I found out about Amy and her s- little murdery nursing home and it's just creepy. I just always thought it was creepy. And, and then, I want to th- see that. Yeah, that the play. The play is on Broadway. Broadway baby. Yeah, so the play got a lot of attention um obviously because it was turned into a Hollywood film. Um, with Cary Grant, who's a big deal. <laughs> right? Uh, so, yeah. And then in addition to um, the Broadway play and all of this stuff, Connecticut also passed a state legislation which introduced a bill requiring a license of an old folks home with inspections and annual reports of death submitted mm. to a state board of charities in an effort to prevent anything like this happening That's again. Probably a and, good idea. you know, taking advantage of this situation. Um
1: so, do you think there that you people were just so excited about this idea that she had come up with, essentially, of an elderly home that they overlooked, like holding her accountable to any sort of like health it concerns or anything like, like they didn't do any checks on her or anything. So, do you think that they were just so kind of like, wow, this is such a great idea, and mm-hmm. you're the only one providing this service, so we're gonna overlook any everything, or do you think that they genuinely didn't know? about any of the Um, wrongdoings?
0: I don't know. I think it might be a little bit of a mixture of both because, again, she was seen as, like, a pillar of the community. She donated to charity, went to church. People saw her as this moralistic woman taking care of members of society that nobody wanted to deal with anymore. But in addition to that, I mean, like, they, like, the district attorney completely ignored Franklin's sister's request for an investigation to happen. She's like, something is going on in this place and you're not paying attention to what's happening. And the guy was like, I don't really have time for this. Like, there's other things that I'm dealing with, like real murder. Yeah. It's like, but this is real murder. Like, these are still members of our society that we need to be taking care of properly because they're the oldest members of our society. They are they have lasted you know, for this long, they've given birth to our future generations. Like we need to be respectful. Yeah, of we're them. here because of them. Yeah, exactly. We exist because they exist, and so I'm. I mean, it always disappoints me the way that society depicts and treats our elderly, um, because we just shove them into nursing homes, and I don't think that's very fair. Um, And then we also make life very inconvenient for the elderly, not necessarily on purpose, but we have ageism. That's a real issue in almost every single type of job industry, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, And I've talked to several different performers who are older. Oh, my God. Julia! (laughs) So Julia came in and gave us a cookie because we're such good employees. We do nothing for her. No, we don't do anything for her. But she, like, this window. We need to put a curtain
1: over this window. It's so annoying. She is
0: so funny when she does that. Yeah. But anyway, so as I was saying, the world (laughs) does not treat old people well. And we take, like, they're taken advantage of, and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And so I think this case is really interesting because of that element. And obviously nurses... These killer nurses, the sort of it's almost like a genre, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like true crime. Yeah, exactly. These people take advantage of the young and the old and sick people in general. And it really sucks because sick people need the most help and they're the most vulnerable.
1: You gotta watch out for people in positions yeah, where they uh, are supposed yeah. to be
0: helping you. The
1: caretaker stuff. It's yeah. kind Caretakers, of terrifying. authority. Yeah. Law enforcement. It's just a mess. If someone is supposed to help you in any way
0: Don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. If they're paid by the government, just don't yeah. yeah, like, trust No, them. thank you. Like, I'm good. Thanks. I'll just die by myself. We
1: provide so many
0: mixed messages on this podcast. We really do. And Lacey Miller, we were like, yeah. trust,
1: "Trust the police. police. Call the police." <laughs> yeah. And I, then mean, now we're I mean, I like, mean, you gotta you gotta use your
0: best judgment. Yeah. Just be smart. Like, there are obviously you can trust many most police officers, but there are people out there that are there to manipulate you. So just be on the lookout. You know. So there you go. I love that. Thank you for taking my request. You're welcome. I hope you liked that killer I did. nurse story. I love a
1: killer nurse. Um, I cannot believe that that happened yesterday, though. I know. And then Isn't I, that crazy? And then I thought I was gonna be like so cool, come in here and tell you something you didn't know. I was like really, I read like two articles. <laughs> I was like, mm, I'm gonna tell her something. I guess, like,
0: Mm-mm. yeah, and I was
1: gonna play it off because I was gonna. Like I knew knew that you were going to do a nurse soon. So I was going to be like, oh, well, you know, in my reading that I do, Mm. my casual light reading of the news and sound sound really intelligent, but I had to ask you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. No, I was like, (laughs) I knew about this German nurse. Oh God. Where did I? I heard about it on something. Oh, he said the article I read also, I don't know if we said this, said
1: that he is the most prolific serial killer in German Mm -hmm. modern history. Yep. Yeah.
0: Which is terrifying. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Oh, I think I heard about it on like the Daily podcast from the New York Times. That's where I heard about it. Oh my God. Randy and I get news from the same place. And you guys should too. The Daily is an amazing <laughs> podcast mm. if you wanted to listen Have to it. Have you seen their show The Weekly? No, I want to. On Hulu? Oh my God, I need to watch it. Um, I've been watching Broad City on Hulu right now. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I love Broad City. Um, but yeah, so there's there's the story of the the serial killer nurse. Um, I hope you guys like it. If you're interested in looking up the play, it's really cool. You can still go see, like, the movie and stuff. I'm sure it's on, like, Amazon for you to buy or whatever. Um, I haven't watched it, but the play is really good. Um, It's just really interesting to see it unfold on stage and all these, like, deaths that happen. And um if you watch like a high school production, it's really funny to see like the, the old age makeup on these like teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really popular high school play production because it has a lot of variety of characters and um, it's got a lot of really cool like lighting and set design. So, you know, all that cool stuff. But yeah, let's, there bring you go. Broadway, so let's bring it back to Broadway. Let's bring it back to Broadway. And then we'll go watch it. And then we'll go see it and we'll tell you guys about it. So, uh, whoever runs Broadway. <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um, okay, well, uh yeah, so that's our episode on a killer nurse. Don't forget to comment
1: on our Instagram. We posted a photo that says summer vibes. Yes. <laughs> and our funny pun that we are just so proud of.
0: I, we're wrong. I, I like that pun. I know you do a <laughs> lot. <laughs> It's funny. Okay,
1: It is funny. So um, we posted that on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Again, comment if you have a case that you want us to tell. And if you get three friends to like your comment, we will do it. Do it. Woohoo. Woohoo.
0: Yeah. So give us something interesting. I'm excited. Yes. Something we may not know. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye. He's scratching his ear. <laughs>